Good morning. That we didn't forget to dismiss the kids. We're keeping them in here on purpose for just a few more minutes. So that's, uh, that's not an accident. Some of you are like, um, it's time. Some of, the, some, of you, some of you kids are like, uh, it's time. No, but uh, we're, gonna, we're doing baby dedications today, which is, a, which is a complete and utter misnomer because they're really just parent dedications. No, but, but we, we definitely dedicate the children as well. And they're not all babies. Man, I just want to jump off the stage and hug you. I'll, I'll hug you in a minute. The Acres are here this morning from Dallas. And, uh, and we, just a lot of people in the house, that, that like, like, like Papa Ross and, Mom, and Virginia, Bob and Virginia Cheney. I just like, wow, you guys are back in San Antonio. Wow. I'm just so happy. Um, but so I'm going to tell you a little bit about baby dedications, and we're going to do them, and then I have a short word. Um, you guys are like yes, no, the guys that are really spiritual, are like oh, short word um, about Palm Sunday, because today's Palm Sunday, right? We celebrate the triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem as it begins the Passion Week, so we're going to get there. But baby dedications. So if we read in the book of Samuel, right, you guys are familiar with the book of Samuel, the story of, of Hannah, she can't have kids, and she gets prayed for, and, and she has this miracle baby, Samuel. And she brings, uh, she brings Samuel and, and gives him to the Lord. And the way that she does that practically is she gives him to Eli, the priest, uh, for Eli to raise him. We're going to do that today. All these kids are going to be raised by Pastor Glenn, and he, it's, all, it's amazing, because we're super biblical, okay? We like to take things, we, if the literal sense makes sense, seek no other sense. He, he's been fasting for days in anticipation of this, so yeah. No, but here's what we do. See, it was really important. What happened was, if you read the story of uh, Hannah, she, she dedicates Samuel, um, and Eli raises Samuel. Eli had some issues, okay? Maybe understatement. Eli had some issues personally, and he had some issues with his own blood children. Like, he had trouble, like, with how they turned, with how they turned out. You know, I don't know if Proverbs 22, 6 wasn't written then yet, or, I don't, you know, like, train him up as he should go, and he didn't know. I'm just saying that, that when you read it, you're like, was it really the best idea to give Samuel to Eli when you looked at it? would be like if you found a family and they had, their kids were all messed up, and you're like, I want them to raise my child. And, and, but what it was, was, was an act of trust and obedience on, on Hannah's part. And, and she really followed through, and she said, no, Samuel's going to the Lord, not to Eli. This is just how it looks, okay? And so today even, or what happened was Samuel grew in faith and stature and then became known as a man who feared God, who was blessed by God, who was heard of God, who had the word of the Lord on his lips, and he became this, this judge. He became a, a, a ruler, a respected ruler. He conquered who he needed to conquer. He was wise. And, and, and you look at him and you're like, well, did he get all that from Eli? No. Some. But he got most of it from the Lord because of, of, he was dedicated to the Lord as he was born. So even as we do this, it's a, it's, it's not ju- this is not religion, what we're doing here this morning, okay? This is important. Parents, listen to me. It's important what you're doing. Is you're bringing your children and making a prophetic and real statement saying, our children belong to the Lord. We're stewards over them for a time, and really in the, sc- in the scope of their life, that's a short time. 
This year, I moved out of the house when I was 17. This year, I've actually lived outside of my parents' home longer than I did inside my parents' home. That was a wake-up call. Went to the gym and started to, you know, it's like, oh, geez. So you, you realize, but you realize that, like, that time flies, and most of the time that your children, you're not raising, you're not raising kids, Sarah Adams. What are you raising? You're raising men and women who are going to go out and be world changers, influencers. And so it's so important when they're young to make this dedication of not only that you're going to pray for them, raise them to know and love Jesus, but also church, your responsibility in this as the family of God is to come around these families. Also, you have a part to play in this. Okay? All right. So we have, we have come on up here, families. Just, just parents and the kids and their kids. You can bring the kids that have already been dedicated as well. Yeah, yeah. If you haven't signed up for this, like if you missed it or whatever, and you want to dedicate your, your kids this morning, they haven't been dedicated, come up. The only difference is there's not going to be a, there's not gonna be a slide. That's all. Come on up here, and I'll introduce everyone once you all spread out, spread out along the front here. Come on down. Can you all scoot down that way a little bit more? Scoot down that way a little bit more. Tell you what, some of y'all need to learn how to play board games. Let it sink in for the rest of you. Just give it a few more seconds. Wow, okay, I'm gonna... I'm gonna <laughs> Look at this. Look at this. Just celebrating life here this morning. Phoenix, why don't you put me on this one? Yeah, we're just going to go down. I'm not going to let everybody talk into the mic because I don't want anybody to get an urge to preach and stuff like that. So, Riley, I'm talking about you. But this is the Reese family. This is Ashton and Stacy, and this is Riley. Riley was dedicated a few years ago. But this is Ethan... Oliver Reese, right? Yes. Joseph and Chelsea Schultz, and this is Judah Joseph Schultz. Ben and Colette Klewinski that, that were this. This is a very, they, they initiated this whole thing, said, hey, we're going to be in town on the 28th. We want to dedicate Olivia. Can, can we do it? And we're like, yes. So, this, and it's her birthday? Oh, come on. So it's, I, I, I forgot, it's Olivia. Reese Wilder Klewinski. It's on the screen. This is Josh Jack, and these two beautiful girls are Gemma and Allie. What's, what's their full names? Gemma Claire Jack and Allie Mae Jack. I love it. You guys are adorable. And her birthday was Thursday. Her birthday's Thursday, or was Thursday? Nice. This is the Fox family. This is John and Danielle Fox, and this is Turner. This is Juniper Violet, and this is Penny Pearl Fox. This is who we're dedicating this morning. There she is. This is Kyle and Brooke Hubbard. And they're, they're dedicating uh, Lane Sequoia Hubbard and Briggs Daniel Washington. Ooh, I got choked. Briggs Daniel. <laughs> Briggs Daniel Washington Hubbard. Wow. Sorry. 
There's a story behind that one. This is Sean and Gina Levesque, the Levesque family. This is Hazel. She got baptized back in, uh, what month is that? November? November. This, this is Forrest right here, and this is Stone River Levesque. He's the end of it. What are you doing up here? <laughs> Have a seat, dude. He already got dedicated. He got a California dedication. It counts, though. This is the Fisher family. This is Micah and Tina Fisher. This is their oldest. This is Honor. And this is Hosea Rex Fisher. And this is, I'm going to get your name right, Hope Eden Michelle Fisher. Did I get it right? Yeah. You guys have to introduce yourselves. I know who you are, but yeah. I'm Corey. I'm Gabrielle. And who's this? Anastasia. And what's her full name? Anastasia Gail Sorensen. Wow. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. This is the Akers family. Hang on just a second. This is Derek and Elizabeth Akers. This is Asher and Hadassah, who are both dedicated here within the last few years. And this is Anna, or Anna Acacia Akers. Welcome, guys. All right. Can I get... All right. Here's what we're going to do, parents. You guys can stay facing out there, but I'm just going to talk to you for a minute, okay? I'll be quick, I promise, because I've done this. But it's a big deal what you're doing. You're declaring, you're basically going against the wave of culture here. Okay, culture says that, that life, you know, doesn't start till some point after birth and all these things. And, and you guys are, you're going against that wave. Culture says, hey, don't discipline your kids. Hey, let your kids choose who and what they want to be as far as their gender, as far as what family they're a part of. It, it says all these things. Don't take your kids to church. It's brainwashing and indoctrination and all these things. And, I, and you guys are saying, no, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's what you're saying. That's a good declaration. Too often, too often the tide is strong and, and even seeps its way into the church and people get caught up in it. But you guys are taking an active stance against it this morning. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you guys some questions. And then just before your church family here, if you agree with me, I just want you, I'm just talking to the parents here. I just want you to respond, we will. Okay, it's just two questions, all right? So will you commit to pray often for your children that they would come to saving faith in Christ, that he'd fill them with the Holy Spirit, that they would grow in faith, stature, and wisdom as wholehearted followers of Jesus. Do you agree to that? Yeah. All right. Will you commit to raising them up as they should go, according to Proverbs 22.6, consistently seeking the Lord's wisdom and direction for the best ways to correct, discipline, nurture, teach, and demonstrate the love of Jesus? Awesome. Church. Actually, first, before church stands up, if there's any relatives of these babies out here, just stand up real quick. If you're blood-related to any of these, stand up. Awesome. Look at that. Grandparents, cousins, aunts, uncles. I love it. All right, now everybody else stand up. Church, stand up. I have a question for you, okay? Because you're in this. This is the family of God. So church... Will you commit to pray often for these parents and children to extend your shield of faith around them when they need it, to intercede for them, hold them up, celebrate with them, cry with them, advise them, speak well of them, and love them unconditionally with the love of Christ? Will you do that? 
You guys can have a seat. Thank you. Parents, stay up here. Gary and Jeannie, Todd, Sarah, Frank, Suzanne and Glenn, our elders, if they could all come up here. yet. Yeah. I'm going to pray over you guys, and then all the kids can be dismissed. But I want our elders to lay hands on you as well. And then after the service today, if you have, if anybody out, anybody out here, if anybody has a word for one of these families or a kid, I want you to give it to them. I want you to encourage them. Elders, if you get something for them, you can, you can whisper it to them or you can give it to them after the service. But I want you to just go down and lay hands and bless these kids and bless these families in the name of Jesus as I pray. Church, you can extend your hands and your shield of faith around them right now. Father, I thank you for each one of these lives represented up here. Father, I thank you, God, for the power of family. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the statement, both literal and prophetic, that's being made here this morning, saying, these children belong to Jesus. These children belong to Jesus. These children belong to Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for making these parents, for making us stewards over your most precious creation, children. Father, I thank you, Lord, for these parents that have said yes to having children, to adopting children. Lord, these parents that have said yes, 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 Lord, whatever you want, we want. These parents that have fought, some of them fought very hard battles to even have children. Some of them have fought very hard battles to adopt children. Some will adopt children. Father, I thank you, Lord, for the blessing that's on each one of these families because they know you, because they love you, and because they've decided to follow Jesus. So Father, right now, we extend our hands and our shield of faith around them. I pray that you give them grace as they raise their children. You give them grace and wisdom beyond their years. Father, give them courage to reach out, Lord, for help when they need it or before they need it. And Father, I pray, God, that each one of these children would, would, would be saved. They'd come to saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, and that they'd be radically filled with the Holy Spirit and baptized with fire. In the name of Jesus, amen. We love you guys very much. Y'all can have kids. You can be dismissed now to your class, and y'all can have a seat. If you're getting ministered to and you want to stay up here, it's not a distraction. Just stay up here. Just stay up here. It's totally fine. Never seen so many kids in one place, right, in such a small little space. That's awesome. Thank you, Lord. They're going to continue to minister here in the front just a little bit, and that's totally fine. Bless you guys as you go to your class. Thank you, Lord. We're going to switch gears here just a little bit, but really not really. What we're going to talk about here has a lot to do with, with kids, but... Um, thank you, elders, for helping. You got some of you just saying hi. <laughs> I'm not the oldest one here. David's back. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I, I yield to you. <laughs> I've been uh, going here for 10 years. Longer than me. Something like that. When I got here, there wasn't any children. The Lord has blessed this church. And uh, now we need to bless the children and raise them up the way they're supposed to be. I didn't realize how many young ones we got. The outnumbers. Yeah. And they're all coming to your house for lunch, Norm. Yeah, put them in the truck. Right. We, uh, so it's Palm Sunday today, right? Sunday before Easter, or Resurrection Sunday, as I like to call it. Uh, the account of what happened during what the Bible calls the triumphal entry, or uh, actually it's just your, your subheading in your Bible that, that calls it the triumphal entry, but when Jesus rides the donkey um, fulfilling prophecy into Jerusalem, as, uh, into what we refer to as the Passion Week, or the week leading up to his death, burial, and resurrection, um, it's accounted for in all four Gospels, which is really cool. It's Matthew 21, Luke 19, Mark 11, and John um, chapter 12. It's very important. There's, there's some stories are accounted for in all four Gospels, but this one, this one is just like almost the exact same details in every single account. It's like it was a really big deal, and it stood out to everyone, no matter who they were writing to. Um, so we're going to read real quick Luke's account, um, and... I have some reasons why I'm reading Luke's account that I'm not going to explain to you, just so you know. I just want you to be comfortable knowing that I thought about it. So it wasn't like a spin the wheel and land on Luke. My name's Nate, by the way. If you're new to River in the Hills, you're like, who's this guy? My name's Nate. My name's Nate Cashtan. Nathaniel Joel Cashtan. Yes. Please don't call me Nathaniel. Just kidding. All right. Starting in verse 28 of Luke 19, we're going to read through this story, and I just have a few uh, a short exhortation here before we, our action step is going to be um, uh, very hands-on this morning. After Jesus had said, uh, actually, I'm going to start in verse 30. I'm sorry. He said, go into the village ahead of you. And as you enter it, you'll find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. This is Jesus to his disciples. He says, if anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Tell him the Lord needs it. Kevin, I need the keys to your car. It's okay, the Lord needs it. It's all right. Yeah, I'm just, I'm like, I read that and I was like, does this really work? Could I like go over to a friend's house and just take something and be like, the Lord needs it? And they'll be like, oh, all right. I mean, if the Lord needs it. No, but, but you see how this is? Like, they, they stole a donkey. It did not belong to them. They stole it. And they said, the Lord needs it. And the people went, oh, okay. That's, that's a move of the Lord right there. It's very, this, you see how this is like, and they're fulfilling prophecy with how, with how he does this. They're fulfilling a prophetic. So like it had to happen this way. But you see how like when the Lord has made up his mind about something, it's, it's already done. 
I mean, I just, I just love that. There's some, some things that he's just signed, sealed, delivered. And this was one of those things. So just tell them the Lord needs it. Verse 32, those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? And they replied, the Lord needs it. So they brought it to Jesus <laughs> and threw their cloaks on the colt and they put Jesus on it. And he went along and the people spread their cloaks on the road. They rolled out the red carpet for him. Very, very powerful statements. When he came near the place where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles that they had seen. Stop there for a sec. His group of disciples who had been with him and seen all these miracles, and they, they've, they've lived with him okay, for several years. They've, they've been with him through the thick and thin. In this moment... They were so overcome with the power and presence of the Lord, and they were so overcome and filled with joy over what they had seen, not over what they were seeing presently, over what they had seen and witnessed, that it caused them, these mostly men, to jump around and scream and spin in circles. The word rejoice means to jump and spin around. They were, they were, they were shouting with loud voices, so much so, see here, that, uh, in what, that I'll, I'll just read it. Verse 38, blessed is, they was, this is what they were singing and shouted, blessed is he the king who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of your translators say Hosanna, right? Some of the other accounts, they were singing Hosanna in the highest, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Verse 39, some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, teacher, rebuke your disciples. I'll tell you what, religion never understands exuberant worship. Religion doesn't understand it. If you find yourself not understanding religion or, or exuberant worship or radical expressions of praise, and if you're like, eh, cast a religious spirit out of yourself or step out of the religious mindset, because religion will never make way for that. So the Pharisees rebuke Jesus and tell your disciples to shut up, basically. Verse, or verse 40, Jesus says, I tell you to the Pharisees, he replies, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. You realize that, I mean, I, I know that probably we've heard this in, in church context before a lot. Worship team, come on back up. But the point here is, there was, there was such a weightiness to what was happening in that moment. These men, these women, these people that were following Jesus, they were so overcome by the fact that Jesus was who he said he was, they were so overcome by his goodness that he would heal all who came to him, that he would set people free of demonic possession and oppression, that he would raise people from the dead. And now they, didn't, they, were, they, were, they would begin to understand this week. Hear that. They would only begin to understand at the end of this week why he really came. They still didn't get it, as we see in the upper room. They sit in the upper room and they're, and they're kind of, it's kind of this coming off of this bickering of who's going to sit closest to you when you build this, this temple. And, you know, they're thinking it's going to get set up right here and now and they're going to be princes and all that. They don't understand. They understand enough, though, in this moment. You see, the disciples didn't even get that Jesus had to die. Every time he brought it up, they're like, now, now. 
as we talked about several weeks ago, you know, I believe Ben Kluwinski, believe that Mary Magdalene may have been the only person that got it. The only person that listened to Jesus when he said, I'm going to die. May, may have been the only person. But even so, having not fully understand why he was there, they were so overcome with his goodness that they couldn't help but jump and be the most undignified bunch of worshipers in front of a crowd of people who are all coming out going, in the Matthew account, everybody comes out and goes, what's happening? There's a big parade that kind of happens because Jesus rides into town on a, on a colt. Here's the point. This is just a one-point sermon. That's why there's no notes. The point is, having now been on this side, remember this is still days before the new covenant, right? But having been on this side, we have the completed word of God, okay? We don't have every miracle that Jesus did written down because there's not enough room. That's what the Bible says. There wouldn't be enough room. The volume, it couldn't contain the volumes. Okay, that means there's just a lot that happened and there wasn't enough time and there wasn't enough room to write it all down. But what we do have is enough, more than enough. We, we know what Jesus did for us. These disciples were jumping, spinning around, and worshiping their guts out before Jesus died for them. All that they had seen was acts of his goodness. They hadn't seen the ultimate act of love, but it still caused them to throw their cloaks in front of a, in front of a donkey. It's gross. It's beautiful. I want us to respond this morning the same way, because if these disciples, having not seen Jesus take, take their sin on the cross yet, were able to just, to just worship their guts out and, and give the Lord his due because he's worthy, we certainly, certainly are able to do the same thing. Let me tell you one thing, and then I'm going to let the worship team just lead us as we, um, as we respond by worshiping. I'm going to tell you one thing, and that is that I didn't even look at my notes. I don't know if I said what was in them. Dignity. Religion, religion loves dignity. Dignity is not a fruit of the Spirit. Okay. David, King David, right? His wife rebukes him for dancing around undignified. And he goes, woman, honey, I'll become even more undignified than this. That was way, way before Jesus' time. And so I, I want us as an act this morning to worship the Lord, but at, at, that's on a micro scale. On a macro scale, Let's work at letting, letting our, ourselves, our, our mind, body, soul, spirit, everything, everything that we're made up of, let's work on letting it fully realize who Jesus is and what he's done. Because I believe that if we fully realize or come into a greater revelation and realization of who Jesus is and what he's done, that you're not going to get any more of this kind of worship. I'm not saying, listen, I was told for years, you know, 
It's about the heart. It's about the heart. It's about the heart. It's about the heart. And I agree, it is. But I also agree that this is connected to the heart, and this is connected to the heart, and that we're commanded to lift up holy hands in the Bible. And I also believe that if the heart's in the right place, the rest of the body should line up. And you're like, well, I'm celebrating my heart. I'm going to tell you what, if you, you throw a birthday party for your three-year-old, you tell them you're going to throw a birthday party in your heart for them, and you don't do anything? It's good. It's on. I'm just, I mean, you're like, hey, don't, no, don't cry. We're having a party for you right now in our heart. It's about the heart. Do you see the, do you see the disconnect? I just encourage you, just brothers and sisters this morning, God, that we're celebrating this week is huge. It's not, I mean, the Jewish feasts, we're, we're celebrating, but we're celebrating the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus this week. The reason we're here is better than Christmas. Because the, it's the gift that gives forever. Worship team, cut me off, please, so I stop speaking.